This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. I've, this is recorded fresh every time, by the way. There's, uh, It's always the brand. You can stand out with a beautiful website. You can engage with your audience. You can sell anything, your products, your content, your time. You can sell it all. Greg, what are we selling this week? Well, this week... It's kind of a catch-all because we all know how impressive and important it is to get every form of Vivian in your game. You're going to need to make a website that's going to list the postcards, the amount of postcards you need, and the pattern that goes with. And then you can have check marks, but more importantly, you can, you can schedule appointments for people to come to join your game. Next Thursday is Modern Week here in <laughs> Scarlet and Violet, and we're only doing Modern Vivian, so everybody come. You can send out email campaigns saying, hey, everybody, collect your postcards. This okay. week it's going to be a mad rush, but also you're going to have analytics to say who joined, and more importantly, who switch-melted from adding a Vivian to their game. So you can also secretly keep track of the crashes that are caused potentially by this bug of making a bug appear in your game. Ah, bugs on the bugs! You can blog about your experiences catching Vivian. You can put up pictures of your Vivian in-game for others you you can have them send you pictures. Take your best pattern picture and send it to me. Run contests. It's connected all to your social media accounts. And Squarespace makes it easy to track your Vivian. So if you are interested in creating this Vivian tracker and social media Vivian manager, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code PKMNCAST to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 561st episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. There are too many episodes. I'm your host, Steve. <laughs> With me is Greg. You're just realizing now that there are too many episodes? In 40 weeks, in theory, unless we drag it out, it'll be episode 600 and we need to do something. That's a year. Less than a year. 40 weeks. Unless we do the 599.7 garbage. <laughs> I mean, like, also, uh, I mean, podcast has existed for like 10, 12 years, so. 120. Yeah. You know. I've been playing this. I've been doing this podcast since I was a child. <laughs> Hannah, <laughs> Hannah also here. The, Hannah has not been here for 500 episodes, though. No, I definitely have not been. But I've been here for more than it feels like. Um, yeah. I keep realizing how quickly that number is going up, but no, I am just exhausted from yesterday's community day, which was absolutely wonderful, but it wasn't because of Pokemon Go. It was because of the community. Yeah. <laughs> Niantic gave us bad weather, so we had to go to Aww. all of America. We actually had a really good day yesterday here. Yeah, it's cold and then it snowed and now there's snow again after it was, yes, three days ago. 
84 degrees. And now Gotta there's love weather. snow on the ground. There's snow on the <laughs> ground. But luckily, it's not on the sidewalks, so I don't have to shovel. So for today's show, we have some Masters stuff. We have some Unite stuff. Uh, there's another global challenge. Typhlosion raids happened. Uh, there's a new Pokemon shown off in the anime that they want us to care about, but at the same time, they haven't even finished the other anime in the United States. <laughs> very yeah. confusing. So I guess... Uh, I guess we'll just start off with the Pokemon Masters news. We haven't talked about Masters in like two or three weeks. Well, most of the, you know, most of Masters news is like here, here are the new events, here are the new characters. They brought back, you know, they brought back a character people really like, put her, put her in a special costume. So that's, you know, that's something. This is on Pokemon.com. Lyra, special costume and fan pee. And Zinnia, special costume and Evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very two, the two hit Pokemon fan fan <laughs> fan peens. Evil. They fit with the storyline. Do they? We didn't cover. Do we cover Steven and Stoutland and Shada and Klefki? No. Yeah. Oh, is this a continuation of this? Is this is part two of the mystery event that started with Steven and Stoutland and Shauna and Klefki. So there's a murder mystery party happening on Paizo. Nobody oh, got yeah. murdered. It's uh, things got <laughs> stolen. Anyways, <laughs> it's like a murder mystery party where right. everybody has a role and everybody's pretending to be somebody else. And the big drama, I'm going to spoil part of the drama because <gasps> the minute you start, Looker doesn't get to be the detective and Looker is very upset about it. <laughs> oh, wait, does Looker... Is Looker a sync pair? Yeah, Looker oh, yeah. and Krogunk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One, yeah, of, yeah, one yeah. of the biggest, one of the strongest sync pairs in the game is Looker and Krogunk. Yes, my uh, my master's icon right now is Detective Steven Stone. Yeah, Detective <laughs> Steven Stone and Assistant Shauna had to solve a mystery, and the mystery does not get solved in part one. Who knew when they say it's part one that that would continue into a part two? Well, it seems like part two, uh, or at least Lyra. And Zinnia are available until May 1st. So you have about two weeks. Lyra and her trusty Fanfi are support. The ground type support sync pair doesn't dish out much damage, but they can take a punch thanks to defense boost and type resistance. Pokemon.com is recommending that you yeah. pair Hapu and Mudsdale. That's been in the game since like literally what, like month one. Uh, and then Courtney and Camerupt, and then Zinnia and Thievel, which is a dark type tech sync pair dealing damage that can lower dark type rebuff of their opponent. I don't know what team rebuff down means. The the battling of masters has always eluded me. I was I I just like pressing the buttons and and (laughs) getting the sync pairs, just collecting the characters. Uh, they recommend pairing this with the Master Rail and Incineroar and Hop and Zamazenta. Uh, unfortunately, in this press release, it still does not actually tell us who the Master Rail is. Then nope. that that is the real mystery. Is that, that part is three? Still in mystery. Well, they fixed the bug where you couldn't have Kukui and the Master Rail on the same team. So thankfully, in the last patch, they fixed that bug. So now they finally. <laughs> fix that whole chaos and uh you so know now you know for sure 
Yeah. I mean, that, those well, are two of my favorite characters from Alola, so I want them on the same team. Why would you not? Uh, did they add any new people to the, uh, what, what do they call it? The, the resort, the lounge? Yeah, the trainer's lounge. Uh, Steven Stone is now in the trainer's lounge. They've added a couple. I think we've talked about all of them, but Steven Stone is the most recent uh, smoocher coming to the <laughs> coming to the lodge. Yeah, rebuff and mitigation are two very confusing aspects of how Masters works. Only if you're playing at high levels do you care. Like they pair it with dark things because in theory, when you're lowering it, they become more susceptible to dark types. Is a real rough way of saying that's what that is. It's more complicated than that. But yeah, basically, the more if you can, you can debuff or rebuff whatever they use th- them so that they're weaker to dark types kind of it's 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 internal logic don't worry about it just <laughs> stick with the sync pairs that they have and you'll be fine look i'm not the the biggest fan of the the master's battle system but i know the people who like it they absolutely love it yes they're very into their mega man sync grid thing that they got to do and the it definitely seems very thoroughly thought out. It is uh it is well pieced together and the sync grid does actually give you a lot of control over how that unit interacts with other ones. So like if you're at the high level of the game, it is really great in the fact that if you like getting into the number crunchy stuff, you can say no, I need this person to be you know, uh, uh, I want that when I do their sync pair, I want it to be max damage, match crit, do all everything that it can be. So you can build them that way if you want. But since you can refund all of your sync yeah. grid stuff, like if you needed to do something else, you can refund and rebuild it a different way. Like I have an entire spreadsheet that people put together where you can go to actual builds, depending on what you need. Like it's pretty wild how deep that game goes. It's also great that you never have to pay attention to it if you don't want to. If you never want yes. to do the hard stuff, you don't ever have to. And it's just there as a thing that you can do. And since they added in seeing other people's teams that work that also include their sync grid builds, you can just pick somebody else's team and say, use all of that. It will build that the way they built it. And you really don't have to worry about it anymore. They've done a lot of really great things to make Masters much more playable than it was when they... First said, hi, we made a bad game, so we're going to fix it. <laughs> well, people were like really into the co-op when it came out, and then they they just like dropped that. They were like, now nah, we're going to refocus on this. Yeah, they dropped co-op completely. You, you get co-op events like once every three months, I think. Co- and co-op then it's in like, Masters nah. is like the footprints in Pokemon Go. Like there, yep. there, there are like a couple people that are so <laughs> passionate about the co-op in Masters, and it's like, I don't think it's ever come. Just like the footsteps, like... Like, first off, that game was so broken the first week it came out that, like, five <laughs> people were able to experience the footsteps. And those five people will so never, good, f- they will never forget the footsteps. It was so good. <laughs> you could actually, it was like you were finding the Pokemon. You didn't know where to go for it, but you were looking around for it. I it was yeah. so good. Was it like three footsteps were, like, yeah. farther away and then one yeah. footstep was closer? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, you were literally like 
staring at your phone, walking into traffic to see if you were getting closer <laughs> no. or further away. It was one of the most deadly things they added that didn't really was, work either. It was like playing hot and cold. You're getting it warmer, was. you're getting colder. It was so good. Playing hot and cold with your life on the line. <laughs> no. I'm going to walk into traffic to see if I get one step closer or not. <laughs> and then you get to the other side of the street and it's like, oh, I'm farther away. I got to cross. I'm farther away. Okay, well, I'm going to weave back through traffic. Everybody stop, please. Are we on our fourth anniversary of Masters this summer? Yeah, we're at 3.5 right now. Yeah, yeah. So so it should be four in is it September. August? It's always in August. August, yeah, September, September, whatever. Because uh, Unite is in August. And then Masters in September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking yeah. of Unite, they added probably one of the most wild characters, Pokemon <laughs> Unite. <laughs> I mean, I love it. It's... I, don't, I don't know where where they were on the drawing board of like, let's get a Pokemon that other Pokemon can jump onto. Uh, but <laughs> very very into this. Uh, Lapras is now available in Pokemon Unite. The transport your teammates to victory with Lapras in Pokemon Unite. This water and ice type Pokemon from the Kanto region loves being at the center of attention, giving a teammate giving the teammates a rider to. Um, and disrupting uh, opposition with a chilling ice beam. You can obtain Lapras for 1,200 Eos coins or 575 Eos gems. Lapras will be only, obviously, for seven days. You can only use coins, or sorry, gems. gems. Whirlpool, Ice Shard, Water Pulse, Parasong, Bubble Beam, Ice Beam, and then the Unite move is called Lapras Express. Lapras rides a wave quickly and continuously forward. Lapras's movement speed increases while riding, but decreases if Lapras is hit by an obstacle. If Lapras hits an opposing Pokemon, Lapras will stop in place, deal damage, and throw uh, deal damage and throwing the opposing Pokemon while Lapras is riding that wave. Uh, one nearby ally. Of Lapras's choice. Yeah, That's you do not get a choice. <laughs> it's Lapras's choice, not anyone else's choice. Not anybody else's. That's amazing. Uh, one nearby <laughs> ally of Lapras's choice can ride on its back. If Lapras Expressed is used again, Lapras stops, launches a wave, and continues fo- moving forward, dealing damage to opposing Pokemon it hits and throwing them. Ally Pokemon riding on Lapras Lapras's back can dismount whenever they choose. Sure. Sure you can. <laughs> this has happened to me. I have been I was playing with a Lapras, shooting away, and suddenly I was moving at five million miles an hour. By the time I figured out what had just happened, I'd we'd already stopped and I'd been thrown off. Like you can choose. Sure. Sure you can. Literally had no, I like I even knew that that's what the Unite move did. And suddenly I was just picked up. I had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> zipped halfway across the you world and dropped off. Be? Like what? Does Lapras have to be like pretty on you or Yeah, you have to be pretty close. Oh, okay, it's within okay. like when you see its whirlpool, that's roughly the oh, okay, okay, okay. area of where it okay. pulls from. Um but yeah, just sucked up. Didn't have a say in the matter. I'm that's like, well, I guess we're going over here. Thanks for making that <laughs> choice for me. But it's also just weird seeing it. Because it moves pretty, like all defenders move slowly, pretty slowly as they move across. It's just kind of like floating around, vibing, and then suddenly it's like, gotta go! (laughs) I'm just gonna (laughs) sail across the screen! There it goes, everybody! 
Um, I've yet to see the actual train happen because I know as it passes, other people can choose to join into the train. I just have not seen that happen yet. Okay, I I have I have two questions here. Don't know if you can answer okay. them. Maybe just one question. Okay, so I I saw a video of Lapras surfing around using Unite Move, and there was a Cramorant on Lapras's back, and Cam- Cramorant was doos- using his Unite on Lapras's yes. Unite, and yes. it was amazing because it was like yes, picking up a Gatling gun and being like, we can finally yes. move you around. Yes. So I yes, was like, yes, I'm yes. sold. I want to, I want, I, I need, I need a best friend out there that wants to play Lapras and I want to be able to, I want, I want to say good night to you every morning. I want to text you good morning. I want, I want to be best. I want to get lunch with you every day. And then I want to play Unite every single night, but you have to be Lapras. I have to be Kramer. I want that scenario yep. to happen now in my life. Yep. I didn't know that they would add a Pokemon I didn't care about to then affect a Pokemon I do care about so greatly. The ultimate marketing, really, honestly. Uh, the actual question I have here is, if I'm Cramorant and I'm on top of Lapras, can Comfey go around Lapras's neck at the same time and, like, heal yes, it? Yes, because they're different attachments. So, Comfey is attached to Lapras. Now, we don't know how many of these things are weird bugs and interactions like we don't know <laughs> if Cramorant being or able, not. we don't know if Cramorant being able to unite on the back of Lapras's unite is working as intended or uh, we never thought anybody would do this and we didn't plan for it thing but from what I've seen you can Comfey can be around Lapras and Lapras can be carrying somebody Again, we don't know if these interactions are supposed to happen this way. <laughs> we have no clue if this is what they wanted to do or if it's just people are doing it. Do you think, Gotta play it do while you, think, you can. Do you think Lapras makes the game better in the sense of like rotation when people are like, hey, let's rotate to the bottom? Lapras can just be like, I'm taking you to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, late game to get from top to bottom and late game to go from a team fight straight to Ray. Lapras is amazing because it can pull people there. And those people, as far as as far as we can tell, people on its back, much like when Comeface are around, aren't targetable. Granted, it's not a very long ride, right? Like... It only goes so far, but as far as I can tell, and I, you know, it's only been out about four days at this point. Yeah, <laughs> like you can go from your goal, everybody, you know, healing at your goal straight to Ray in about a second. Um, you can go from top to bottom in about two seconds. If and since it can seems to be able to train people, like if everybody's up there and needs to go down, you can all zip down. Um, at the cost of wasting somebody's unite move, I mean wasting. Um, if the goal is just to get people around, it's not wasted. But would, you don't get any you don't, you don't do the damage at the end if there's nobody down there to damage. I would assume that Lapras gets its unite move more quickly than others because it's just a transportation. Mode. <laughs> it's well, it's a transportation and damage. When it stops, it sends out a wave that damages and throws Pokemon around. And if it hits a Pokemon, it does damage. So there is a damage component to it. Um, it definitely doesn't get as fast as Dragapult does. I haven't I haven't purchased because I don't have gems. I'm not paying gems for Lapras. So I haven't actually seen the, t- the timer countdown. But there are things now to be able to more quickly get your Unite move back 
So I think some builds have that for transport. Um, people are still figuring out the best way to play Lapras, but so far, pretty much everybody's like, Parasong is the way to go. Um, and then I've mostly been seeing people use Ice Beam because it freezes them. It's a pretty good trap. And Parasong is just super, a super strong AoE, especially when it gets boosted up. So that's what I've seen so far. Uh, we don't know if the people, if Crime Right on the back of Lapras being a Gatling gun zipping around the field <laughs> is intended, but I have seen it happen a couple of times. The first time it happened, I'm like, what is going on? The, the world is I epic. I have no idea what is happening right now. Hannah, does Lapras make you want to ride back into Unite? A little bit. I mean, yeah, definitely a little bit. I haven't played Unite all that much, and I probably wouldn't play as Lapras, both because I'm not spending money on that game and because <laughs> I don't think that I am good enough at that game for that. But it sounds like it could be fun to play with someone. Gumi and Lapras I've been on in pretty much every team that I've Two defenders, no reason for it, but everyone wants to play Gumi and everyone wants to play Lapras right now because they're new. <laughs> uh, speaking of new, uh, there are a couple of Pokemon on the public test server that are in the works of coming out. Greg, do you want to talk about those upcoming Pokemon? Yeah, so the next two Pokemon that we know are coming are Chandelure and Umbreon. Um, I don't know the exact release of which is coming first. Umbreon seems to be a def uh, another sort of defender type. Uh, and Chandelure seems to be an attacker. More importantly, does Litwick look amazing when it's scooting across the field? It does. It looks so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cute. Uh, Umbreon looks, you know, just like all the Eevees. Like, we're pretty, we're pretty used to that. Uh, How many Eeveelutions are left? We, we won't talk about the rumored one. Um, but after Umbreon, there will be Flareon, Jolteon, Vaporeon, and Leafeon left. Got it. Um, and we know that we do know rumor-wise, one of those is coming after these two are released. Um, so Chandelure is an attacker. It was not doing well on the public test servers for a while, and they recently just did a big boost to it on the test server so a lot of people are a lot happier with it we will see what it actually because it always changes for final release like we're always like oh it was working this way and then now it's not that that at all uh when it hits um and uh embryon is is it def another defender we're getting a lot of defenders um it's got some really interesting abilities it has um getting mean looking foul play uh it's gonna get wish and snarl and then uh it's unite is called moonlight prance which is it's unite it leaps up and absorbs shields from the pokemon around it which is what everybody's super excited about so when hmm. aldegas shields everybody uh, Serena gets its own shield. Like a lot of creatures shield themselves as part of their defense boost. Um, Umbreon's ability eats that up and takes it away. Uh, it does not seem to work on Ray's shield, unfortunately. Ask, that may change ask. when it gets released. Um, but right now, the rumors and people have been playtesting it says it does not affect the Rayquaza shield at that end of the game. 
We all have our fingers crossed that it will because the race shields are busted awful and having one Pokemon being able to deal with that uh, is really good. But of course, then everybody would want to run Umbreon, which is a sort of bad precedent to set when you're trying to balance. All right, things so Umbreon, Cramorant, uh, Comfey, Lapras. <laughs> Teams are going to be very limited. Uh, yeah. What, what is the Chandelure supposed to do? <laughs> Besides, so like, Litwick looking cute, which I'm very into, but, like, what is what is the, the, the gimmick? I guess attackers don't have, like, crazy gimmicks normally. Yeah, they don't have crazy uh, gimmicks. Uh, so the thing is, uh, its ability allows Chandelure to partially ignore special defense. So this was the this was the defense problem that Zacian had because Zacian was also supposed to partially ignore defense, but ignored one hundred percent. Chandelure has the same thing. It's uh, basically those are Ember and Nightshade, which are pretty standard. Uh, it gets Fire Blast, which seems to be similar to what um, Delphox have. Same with Mystical Fire. Um, but then its uh, second moves are Poltergeist, which it creates a zone uh, that has. Uh, all the you remember um, the Dynamax move, the night move, yeah, where yeah, all yeah. the, the, the uh, chairs floating furniture is it's based off of that. So you'll see a zone of floating chairs, like chairs and tables. Fine. Uh, so furniture it and is, unite. That's what I've been waiting for. Yeah. yeah. So it's the thing where you put that down, and anybody who goes through it is slowed and takes damage. So it's it's a zone move on an attacker. Um, and then the other option is imprison, which creates a zone in front of itself. And then anybody who's caught in that zone is all just completely unable to act. You can't move, you can't attack, you can't do anything. And anybody who moves into it also can't move or do anything for its own for a short amount of time. Um, and then it's Unite Move, which is currently Ignite Midnight. Uh, it just seals an area around itself in darkness, so you lose line of sight. It's kind of like it's kind of like Comfy's grass unite move where it creates a zone of grass and you can't see anything unless you're in there. Uh, And then from that zone, uh, it can fire beams of fire uh, out at people. It's interesting. Uh, It seems to be much more of the old design where it took bits and pieces from other Pokemon and put them in new ways on this one. Like nothing in here we're that surprised about. Um, there aren't really, you know, other people have these things like the poltergeist is similar to the giant ice shard that Mammoth puts down. You know, all of those things are, yeah, are fairly It doesn't familiar. sound particularly new. No, they don't. They're not particularly new. People aren't that excited about Chandelure, um, <laughs> particularly because it was underperforming on the test server. We'll see when it hits. Uh, you know, everything hits live different and are often overpowered so i mean Shandler i know there's a, a, who... a, a relatively popular pokemon i remember the yeah. like top 10 unova pokemon that they did and shadowler was like number three or four it was like really high up there yeah. for unova which is a bit a bit surprising because i felt like I, I i do remember the launch of black and white well it was a weird launch because it was in japan first and then we had to wait a while for America, but people were very like, "This is just a chandelier. This is just an ice cream cone. This is just a pile." Like, <laughs> yep. like I for some reason, like chandelier didn't get wrapped into all of the vanillaite and trubbish that kind of still sticks around today. Yeah. But like, it was it's it was edgy. not very liked the first like 
couple months of that game. Yeah, I will say I, I'm watching, I'm rewatching Litwick move around, and Litwick kind of glides on wax, but he bounces like this. <laughs> I'm very it's into that. Very, very cute. It's so very good. cute. The real, the real disappointing <laughs> thing is they're not saving it for like Halloween. I feel like that would be a right. good yeah. Halloween sync pair. Maybe well, most likely ghost. they're they're doing it now, and then probably around Halloween we'll have an event for special outfits for it. Right, like they get it out now, and then they can make the Halloween events or draw people back in and dress them up all cute and stuff. I have not. I don't know how they're going to fit the McDonald's hat on Chandelier yet. Very curious. Oh yeah, the weird visor that they give everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that visor is like really they. I don't. Is, there cannot be a single person out there being like, "Man, I love the way this looks." I feel like people just buy it because they're like, oh, "I want some no. outfit." Yeah, yeah. It, Gotta it have doesn't something look like on your Pokemon. For a <laughs> while, they had discounted those so much that I bought a bunch of them. I'm like, "Well, I'm just gonna do it because I have all these tickets that I can spend nothing else on, so I might as well get them." And I will never use them because they're ugly. They look like fast food workers. <laughs> they do. They do. There has been instances where I'm like planning out my content for the week and I'll like log into Unite to like check the bonuses and get rid of those like red dots and stuff. I'm like, okay, I think this week we'll be able to like squeeze in an evening or two of Unite and get back to it and stuff. And then all of a sudden Scarlet and Violet announces some new raid event or (laughs) some distribution or some tournament. I'm like, oh, well, maybe Unite next week. Um, But when I did check it, I was shocked that there still seems to be a lack of costumes overall in that game. I know everyone was very mad about the $40 costumes, understandably so. $40 for a skin is 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 not a great deal, even though I'm sure it sells very well because they continue to do $40 costumes. But I, there, there hasn't even been... I know... I like Cramorant a lot. There hasn't been a Cramorant skin since the anniversary Cramorant yep. skin. And I was like, oh, well, Charizard has to have a new skin because it's Charizard and they don't have a new skin. I, I don't want to be like, I don't, I, obviously I want Unite to succeed, even though it's like not my favorite game in the world. I do like Unite. I do. I do genuinely like it. I just don't have time to play it. But isn't the main moneymaker skins? Why are they not putting out like one a week? <laughs> um, <laughs> So what seems to be their plan is a lot of new skins are locked behind the subscription pass. And so they don't have many in the shop, but they are in the battle pass, the season pass and the subscription pass. And they're much more you see it once and then it's gone. And they tend not to list them again. Like, hey, you missed this. Um, And they're very, very selective about which ones they do. Like the Zoroark costume coming up is really, really cool, uh, but won't be purchasable in the shop. It's part of the season pass. So they're playing um, on FOMO and trying to get people to sign up for the subscription. But like I logged in to see what the season or the what what is it called? The monthly subscription pass. Yeah. And it was like Wigglytuff in an egg. And I was like, oh, this is this is super cute. But also I don't play Wigglytuff. So I don't want to give you what what was it? Ten dollars a month. Yeah. I don't want to give you ten dollars for the skin plus whatever other things you get. But if it was Cramorant. Games like this have multiple skins for each character. Yeah. 
They're really still pretty stingy on they only give you one option and they only run like most of the season passes. Only two Pokemon are getting special outfits in that season. Pass. And there still hasn't been a Cramorant one, Greg. There still hasn't yeah, been a Cramorant one. I don't understand their planning around it. Um, they seem to be pretty hesitant to really jack up the prices a lot because they've been doing that to actually purchase the Pokemon. So the Pokemon prices have gotten more expensive and they seem to be much more focusing on getting new characters out than getting them outfits because we have gotten a really steady stream of new characters over the last year. Yeah, which is which is great. I'm wondering if they just saw that not a lot of people, unless they're paying for their particular special Pokemon are buying outfits, but they're not. Like, putting I don't it, know. It's what, like this weird loop because they're not putting a, yeah. up enough. I guess I'm. It wouldn't be a, a episode of our show if I didn't bring up Apex Legends. Apex Legends is like one character every two or three months. I can't remember how often it's a new character. I think it's every three months. It's one new character. But they do like they literally like their events are literally just skin events. Like their last event in Apex Legends was literally called the recolor event where they just recolored different guns that we've already had before into a different shade of like red and blue. Like they were very blatant that none of these are new skins. They're just different color skins of skins that already exist. Like Apex just puts out so many different Skin. A lot of them are bad. For the record, I'm not defending. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the skins they put out are awful and bad, and I would never equip them or pay for them. But, ev- but they put out so many that you're just like, and they do lean into the characters that do well. Like one of the best characters in Apex yeah. is Wraith, and Wraith has so many skins. And they must they they must know that like Wraith players just they it's the most popular character. They just keep buying skins for it. Just make more Wraith skins like. Because it sells. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would uh, I would buy every Cramorant skin. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I would. It's tough to also because they've made so many changes to how tournaments run and how they are setting up like super competitive unite. A lot of what I'm seeing is them really trying to lock that down. I, like we're still waiting for the for them to release skins to make your pokemon shiny because you know they're going to have that's going to come like that is the easiest win and the next thing they're releasing are backgrounds like you can change your lobby background oh i saw and that you can i saw change that the background of the waiting screen as you're waiting to load in will it and it's make like, the loading will it make the lobby faster nothing makes that lobby faster you are going to be trapped in those menus for the rest of your life <laughs> yeah i i don't i don't know their game plan um i think right now they are definitely trying to get a lot of characters in set and established to make tournaments much more exciting and then we'll probably loop back around to being like now let's build skins for them like i i can't fathom their trajectory right now because it's not like easy to dissect how they're deciding these things because we still have never gotten a speedster it's been no we got dodrio yeah that's the last one we got yeah and that was a while ago that was a while ago well like again going back to apex they were like hey this season we're not doing a new character because we want to like 
fixed our game. <laughs> the game's always broken. <laughs> so th- th- that's why it's like weird to me about Unite is like if they want to like finalize and make the tournament seem better, which I think they should do. Like the tournament stuff is the yeah. more like I, the 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 thing I appreciate the most about Unite is I I think as long as you've played like three hours of Unite, you can watch a tournament and pretty much understand exactly what's happening, which is really great because I. When I sit around other Pokemon fans or just other people in general, it's 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 pretty easy for most people to watch a competitive battle in VGC and understand what's going wrong. They might not understand like what why what happened to Tasagiri? Tasagiri, why what wh- where did it go? Why is this Dondozo match lasting like forty five minutes? Like they might not understand that, but the general of like. Fire Pokemon gets hit by a water move. Of course, that would knock it out. Like, they understand that. It is impossible for somebody to sit down and watch the Pokemon trading card game on Twitch or YouTube in a tournament final and be like, I'm following this. Like, I I can follow it because I play Mm -hmm. TCG competitively. Even if I haven't played with the new set, a lot of the mechanics in the TCG are the same. Like, oh, this Pokemon has this ability that existed like five years ago on this card. Like, there's a lot of tropes in the TCG that they just kind of recycle and carry throughout. It's so hard to explain that or to like try to keep somebody up. Even if somebody's played like, even if somebody went to like Target or Walmart and they bought a, like a starter deck and they like read the rules and like did like a couple games, I still think for those people, it's really hard to follow tournament level tcg which i don't know how you make that better honestly i don't know if there is a way to make that better but like for unite i think it i think it might be even easier to understand than vgc kind of stuff because you're you're just like even even if you don't know what the pokemon are doing like oh i don't know what sableye does but i do know the general goal is like right get points dunk points attack rayquaza dunk points like (laughs) like unite to me, is one of the most enjoyable things to watch competitively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I get so much, like, that's why I, I don't really, I want to, I, I want to see Unite succeed because, like, for me, it's something that even though I don't play, I can watch when a tournament happens and have such a good time with it and appreciate it on that level. Yeah. I mean, I think the problem that they're facing right now is the fact that Comfey's broken, which we all <laughs> said it was going to be. And the fact that the only Pokemon that in tournaments they're banning right now is Comfey. Like, okay, you need to fix that. So (laughs) that's not the only thing that they ban because it's just, it's not working again. Like we told you, like everybody tried to warn you (laughs) that this is a problem. Uh, So I think of a lot of the games, I think Unite is in a very good place. Like it's exciting to watch. It's easy to pick up. It's easy to get into matches you only really get super super frustrated and ranked depending on what you want out of it like you know that standard is just going to be chaos because nobody in standard understands and they're playing with things and they're trying things out um and you can get into ranked and hopefully have a better experience your violation will very much vary on that one but i think overall like they have a very good vision of what the game is and it's easy to understand when you watch it I think they have a lot of balancing to do. And with 900 Pokemon existing, um, there's so many options, but there's still so much to balance. But like I play Unite almost every day. 
you know, you can get in, play three 10-minute matches. You know, it's about 45 minutes because you often have to wait or just battle through the menus to get to the fun part. Uh, <laughs> but then you can just be done. It's like I had, a, I had a great time. I moved up, I moved down, and then I'm out. Um, there are a lot of quibbles to be had in that game. Like the ranking is weird. The matching is still weird. The, the amount you lose and gain from winning and losing is really feels out of whack like oh it feels you terrible can get you can get very little incremental wins and then a setback will knock you way down and then it flips horribly in masters where wins get you huge amount of points and losses only take you down a little there's just a lot of internal stuff when you get really into the game that is slightly frustrating but you we all keep coming back because ultimately it's 10 minutes of just like I'm running around as my favorite Pokemon yeah. and having a good time. I'm riding a Lapras. Why would I not want to I'm be riding here? a Lapras from one side of the screen <laughs> to the other and I had no say in the matter. I just flew like the wind. <laughs> all right. Uh, speaking of the wind, we're going to blow our way to a break <laughs> because wind blows. <laughs> Welcome to the fart section of the show. <laughs> Uh, we will be, uh, right back. This podcast is brought to you by Brilliant. Brilliant Brilliant.org is the best way to learn math and computer science and computers all interactively. Things with computers. You can learn them. Brilliant has thousands of lessons from foundational and advanced math to AI, data science, neural networks, and more. There are new lessons added monthly. I've used Brilliant in the past because I was someone who actually liked doing math in school. I like coming to a concrete answer there. So when I felt (laughs) like I wasn't having enough of a concrete answer in different things in my life, say at the beginning of the pandemic, I subscribed to Brilliant and was able to just solve a fun little math or physics problem every day. And I don't know, I had fun, I enjoyed it, and I felt like I was renewing skills that may be applicable to jobs in the future. So I would say Brilliant is an enjoyable experience. Well, if you want to do math and learn intuitively, go ahead and try everything at Brilliant. at brilliant.org slash PKMNCast. That is our special link. Give it a shot. See if you like it. Try everything that they have to offer. Learn math. Learn about computers. Do all sorts of things. You know, learning new skills is great. So go to brilliant.org slash PKMNCast. To start your 30-day free trial, and the first 200 people will get 20% off their annual subscription. Go learn something. This podcast is brought to you by Every Plate. This year, count on Every Plate to make mealtime easier without compromising on quality. Every plate recipes include only the highest quality ingredients, including sustainably sourced seafood, so you know your meals will be fresh and flavorful. Looking to carve out more time in 2023? Get every plate and take back the clock with fewer trips to the grocery store and meals ready in 30 minutes or less. They plan the meals and deliver pre-portioned ingredients right to your door, so you can make mealtimes fit your schedule, not the other way around. Choose every plate over takeout to save money while still enjoying quick, satisfying meals. Every plate meals are 58% cheaper than your average fast casual meal. You get more bang for your bite with America's best value meal kit. How's that spicy chicken? I haven't had spicy chicken, Greg. What? And, and, and it hasn't been on the rotation. What? <laughs> that is like the standard. How? I know. Look, 
Like, I'm sure it's great. Here's the thing about every plate is you don't sign up and then just get the same meals every single week. There are I mean, ro- you do. Well, I mean, you could. You could, <laughs> ideally. But they're also rotating out a bunch of new meals constantly. Gotcha. I've talked about this before. I don't get every plate every, every week. I get it every other week. But you could do every week if you want. Uh, you could also add on stuff. You could add on big old bowl of macaroni and cheese if you want to. I'm still really, really happy with it. Get a dollar forty nine per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and enter code SuperEffective149. So once again, that is everyplate.com slash podcast. Enter code SuperEffective149 and you will get started with EveryPlate for just a $1.49 per meal. Hey, thanks for listening to It's Super Effective. You're probably halfway through the episode. I just want to throw out that we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. And Patreon is a great way to support the show. Not only can you support the show for as little as $5 a month, but with that $5, you get ad-free episodes. You won't be hearing this ad because it'll be gone in your ad-free episodes. You'll get access to our Slack community with over 800 trainers trading and battling and talking and making fun of the way I say bagel in the Slack. You can be part of that. You also get bonus episodes. And maybe you're just interested in the ad-free or bonus episodes of the podcast. You don't want to go to another website. You're on your iPhone right now. You're pulled over on the side of the road and you're using Apple Podcasts. You can actually support us and get all of that right in Apple Podcasts. There should be a little subscribe button. And what's cool about Apple Podcasts is they also offer a two-week free trial. So if you're interested and you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can actually dive back and listen to all the bonus episodes in your two-week free trial. You can sign up for a month or uh, even for a year, both Patreon and Apple Podcasts have huge discounts if you do decide to sign up for an entire year you get to save some money you get to support me and you get some stuff in return that's always good people like stuff patreon.com slash pkmncst or in your apple podcast app and we are back from our break uh let's talk about typhlosion typhlosion came and went they did this thing where two weeks back to back of decidui and then without any breaks two weeks back to back with uh samurai <laughs> what was that next pokemon and then two weeks back to back with typhlosion there's no coincidence obviously these are the hisuian pokemon uh maybe a slight fun fact i don't know if this was intentional or not decidueye's terra type was super effective against hisuian decidueye samurai's terra type of bug was super effective against hisuian samurai and then Ghost is super effective against Ghost. So uh, Typhlosion <laughs> is technically super effective against Hisuian Typhlosion. So again, I don't know if that's a coincidence. Uh, there, There is no... Also, there is no coincidence that all the Pokemon that could have Hisuian forms are in this... Are in Scarlet and Violet. Growlithe, Sneasel. Yep. Mm-hmm. Quillfish, Stantler, Ursa, Ursa Ring. They're, they're, all in, they're all in Paldea. I don't know if it's going to be an uneventful update of like Hisuian Pokemon are here. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be like uh, maybe a Pokemon Legends update where it's like a free. We added a little bit of extra content for everyone. I don't know if they're going to wait till DLC. Who knows? We do know that there should be an update at the end of April for this game. 
we don't know what that even does. No. We we know Will that walking the game. We know that walking wake <laughs> and iron leaves will come back at the end of April. Yes. So that's at least one weekend where there won't be a seven star raid happening because those are five stars. <laughs> Maybe they're not going to do seven star raids for until June. Maybe we get a month off. Ah, well, I, I do like Seven Star Raids a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but you need time to play Unite so you can become a Gatling gun. True. It's very true. I need time. Uh, did you both do the Typhlosion Raids this week? I mean, if you, didn't, if you missed it, coming back. Did. And I spoke to you in private about my frustrations, and we can bring it up here. <laughs> I also played them. I built two Pokemon for them, kind of just gave one to a friend and said, this is how you do this. Let's go. Um, it worked well enough. We needed one other person who wasn't a computer. Mm. It was fine. Yeah. I mean, they were fun. Um, I had my dashbund. And I will say the frustration was that because of the weird things overlapped each other and because the raids are still slightly not working. <laughs> um, Sometimes they're a little chuggy, yeah. There were... I spent a lot of my first day... Very confused as to why sometimes Dashbun's ability would eat up eruptions and why sometimes it wouldn't at all. Oh, no. And it turns out that there was a message that would that I never actually saw. Like, I never actually saw the message that explained it ever occur in the game. But Steve did, at least. <laughs> yeah, I was I was telling Greg because I was editing a, a follow up YouTube video. Uh, I was po- I was like, oh, in the video, I want to point out that your abilities will get suppressed around turn three. And I went back to my Twitch VOD and I was like, oh, I can't. It doesn't say it. And then I was like, that's OK. I'll just go to the next battle. And I was like, oh, it doesn't say it. I was like, OK, I ended up like doing Typhlosion like 25 times. And it took five battles with Typhlosion for me to just find a clip of it saying your abilities have been suppressed. Yikes. Yeah. I noticed that the second night I was doing it, I was like, yeah, the, the words your ability has been suppressed just are not <laughs> popping up in the raid. That's kind of important. Yeah. And I spent a huge amount of time being like, because also I went through ones where that never happened, where it skipped over entirely, where I ne- we never had our abilities suppressed. So yeah, was there like, was a couple what? of Pokemon that never suppressed. I don't think Decidueye did, and I don't think Pikachu ever but did. In- in Typhlosion, in ones, never had that occur. Just we went through the whole thing and nobody's ability is I never once was hurt by eruption. I got absorbed. I don't know if it glitched and skipped, but I spent probably the first two hours like trying to figure out what is it the combination of Pokemon that I'm with? <laughs> is this some <laughs> random thing? Is it that we're skipping over phases quicker? Like I could not figure out because i've never seen that message come up and it wasn't until i was talking to you like oh there's supposed to be a message that says what happened i'm like yes that would have been nice because <laughs> i would have at least been like now i understand that this is a part of this event this is and actually not like, something that happens it's not is just a, a glitch <laughs> is this a glitch is it like what is going on let's not get anything confused the game is a buggy mess right but because the very first one i did i was like i'm in with a bunch of people we're all sitting there we're fighting and it says typhlosion use eruptions and i'm like perfect i have a body that doesn't take anything from 
fire. Some would say you have a well-baked body. I have a well-baked body. And the game did its normal hang-up where everything just froze for like 30 seconds. And I'm like, okay. And when it snapped back, we were all dead. All four across the board. And I'm like, I have no idea what just happened. What? I thought we would fix this. I mean, what is the, going on? The yeah. scenario you just explained is very Final Fantasy 14, where something just happens and everyone's dead. <laughs> Everybody's dead. <laughs> well, we messed that up. Oh. <laughs> Roll it yeah, back. We, yep. We all died. But like, usually you can go and like, okay, what message did I miss? And there wasn't a message. Yeah, I found Typhlosion frustrating for that fact. Like, I could not, until I talked to you, figure out what, what was I was happening. missing. It, yeah. Because the game wasn't telling me. I thought the raids were fine. Like, I think they're fun. But like when it does things like that, where important information doesn't show up, it's really hard to explain to people what's happening when you yourself don't even know. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I would have people text me like, I, I don't I don't know. I, I can't figure it out. I can't figure out why this is happening because the game isn't giving me a message. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I didn't really realize it until I was like, I'm, I just need a clip of this. And I was like watching my VOD back and like, oh, it's it's not. I know I know what's happening, but like I'm the message isn't popping up. We can only hope that, you know, stuff like that gets gets fixed. Uh, I, I have so many thoughts on Typhlosion, which is kind of crazy because I before the recording, I was like, oh, this is just another seven star raid. You know, people come in to my twitch streams or if you see on social medias you know some people will say this is the easiest one ever and then some people will say this was the hardest one ever you know that that's going to be for every raid uh like yeah some people have the right pokemon some people they they got really good rng and they did it three times with great people um they got really bad rng they did it but with bad people uh i got to experience both so i i did my raid builds right you know i was like here are the Pokemon I recommend that could survive eruption in the sun. And that's what it had. It had eruption in the sun. So, like, I, I built Pokemon that could survive eruption in the sun. They ended up working out great. Dashbun was one of those Pokemon. Um, it does work great when, you know, Typhlosion communicates what's happening. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's not Dashbun's fault. That's the game's fault. I, I ended up, you know, every, every time these raids come out, I try to carry as many people through. And people really appreciate it because not everyone's good at Pokemon. Um, which is totally understandable. These raids are harder than a lot of content that Pokemon has ever provided before. I, I don't think that's a, I don't think it's like a weird statement. I know people are like, there's people might say, oh, they're so easy. They are some of the hardest content that Pokemon has provided before. And if you're an experienced Pokemon player, you know, the ins and outs, you know, what moves do right. But for a lot of people, this is hard content for them. Not hard enough where it's like, yeah. Pokemon Masters endgame content where you need to like bring out a spreadsheet and like have a whole yeah, journal yeah, dedicated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pokemon Masters that. endgame it's content is <laughs> it's on a different level over there. You gotta have like yeah, a whole whiteboard I mean, in your house. <laughs> it is like the puzzle pieces are more complicated than what they ask you because you still have to keep in mind like the terror type affects it in one way but the moves are also boosted and you have to sort of like compensate for you know three or four different types at this point um and put things together in a way because you think oh this is great because it's effective against this but then you're weak against that so like it's a it's a more interesting puzzle than they've done in the past for sure yeah so uh, that takes me to like thursday night it came out we, we we went through 25 
successful, great. I think we ended up like failing twice just because, you know, people forgot that cheering is a thing. You know, no big deal, right? Like it's sometimes somebody messes up, right? Uh, same thing for any kind of raid in any other game. Like, oh, I've I, my bad. I <laughs> thought I had another second or two before I needed to press that button. Didn't have enough time. We failed. Roll it back. No big deal. So then Nintendo reached out to me. Mario called me up on the phone and they were like, hey, we want to do a raid showcase on Thursday. And this was on Monday. This was on Friday, the weekend before. So I didn't actually know Typhlosion was coming. They were like, we want to do a raid showcase on Thursday. And I was like, "Okay, cool. And they were like, what time are you free? And I was like, whatever, Nintendo, like. I work at, I, I'm self-employed, like, <laughs> I am good anytime. And they're like, cool, we'll get back to you. Then they announced Typhlosion on Sunday night. And I thought to myself, oh, I don't know if like a raid showcase on Thursday is great if there's like a new raid. Because people are going to come in, they're going to want Typhlosion. I'm, I, my, my thought process is like, Ty, Nintendo's probably wanting to show off like four or five star raids because they're hitting more of a general audience. And they get back to me and they're like, okay, well, what about like Thursday at like three o'clock? I was like, oh, perfect. That's before Typhlosion starts. Great. And then like on Wednesday, they were like, actually, we want to do it on on Friday. And I was like, what? Sure. Nintendo, like we're very last minute here, (laughs) but sure. I'm okay. So anyways, we we have our like pre-screening call um tech setup making sure everything's working and i was like okay what like what what raids are we doing and they're like oh we want to do typhlosion raids with you guys so it was me um super duper danny who we've had on the show before nintendo fangirl who i've i I know who they are i've I've just never really interacted with them and then so that was three three creators and then somebody at nintendo there was like three nintendo people but one person playing and they're like, we want to do seven star raids with you. We have a lot. We this showcase is like forty five minutes. Maybe we'll have time to do like a five or a six star raid, but we want to showcase seven star raids. And I was like, okay, well that would have been nice a little, you know, a couple hours ago, but that's totally fine. <laughs> for, for just to, for the record, when I'm telling a story, this is this is no shade to any of the other content creators or to Nintendo. I I think sometimes because we are in our Pokemon bubble, we take things to be easier because we just play these games every single day. And like, this is the content we do. It's like we, we do every raid and we like do all the events. But I think it's interesting. I think what played out was interesting. They asked everyone if we have unlocked seven star raids and like one of the content creators didn't. And then another content creator was like, oh, I've, I've, they're really hard for me, but we eventually get through. Like, I haven't been able to do Typhlosion. And I was like, okay. And I, I, I go, we, we, we set up for the raid. We do, we do like a, a three star, we do a five star. And then, you know, that's like 10 minutes of content. And then we're like, okay, well, we have time to do like Typhlosion ultimately like three times before our time limit is up. Two of them had Dosh buns, which was like great. And then I was bringing my Gudra because I thought Gudra was the strongest out of all the raid builds I, I had. And then um, the Nintendo rep decided to bring Noivern. And I'm like, okay, well, dragons resist fire. That's good. Um, Noivern doesn't have any ghost type moves. I think it might have a, I think it has Night Slash actually. So yeah, who am I to question Nintendo, right? <laughs> they had a level 100 Noivern. And we go through. I kind of do like the thing I do for my Twitch streams. I'm just like, okay, like 
hey, maybe Neuvern should defense cheer. I'm going to set rain. Uh, Dash buns, you should maybe snarl once or twice. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Everyone's like really excited that we had like a strategy that we were communicating. And we got like completely like decimated, like right off the bat. And which was weird because like I did so many the night before and I never have died that fast. Well, like you would die that fast if you like did randoms and somebody brought like a level like 30 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Samurai, right? Yeah. And I was like, wow, like I've played with so many dash buns. I've never seen dash buns die so quickly. Like, and then I, I realized how the raid could be hard. Because, well, you know, when people come in and they're like, man, this was the hardest raid before, uh, like up to this point. I'm like, well, what point of the raid is hard? And it, I think it was easier to see in older raids, like, what point of the raid was hard for Samurott? Oh, it was when, like, it swords danced after the shield, and if you didn't have something to stop that, or if you weren't ready, like, it wipes you. What was hard about Decidueye? Kind of the same thing, like, the swords dance. Like, what was hard about Greninja? It was like, oh, well, we kept missing, so we just lost mm-hmm. because we... And I was like, what? What seemed hard about Typhlosion? And then I realized, oh, because the no one is doing enough damage at the beginning eruption is just hitting so much harder so in my other raid experiences because everyone brought proper counters and they hit like they'd snarled or they chilling watered or they just hit it really hard you're just minimizing that eruption damage right off the bat on top of like somebody always almost always setting rain as well too and then I was like, I can't as as a as a Gudra player, I can't do that, right? Like, I, like it, it really shows roles in the game. Like, I can't set rain and hit hard and defense cheer and try to like acid spray to set. I can't do it all, right? You only have four moves. <laughs> <laughs> like one of the dash buns had, I noticed they were doing bite, and I was like, oh, they don't have crunch. And then I noticed dash buns didn't have the held items. And the Nintendo rep just had four attacks and they were using Rocky Helmet. I was like, oh, maybe you should change that to Shell Bell. It was like, again, it's it's no like I'm not trying to like throw them under the bus and be like, well, look at these bad players. It's like the game doesn't prep you for any of that. No, like they don't tell you at all. So when I was like suggesting like, oh, maybe you should like put like one of the dash ones was missing Snarl. I was like, oh, maybe you should put Snarl on it. And I was like, oh, Mudslap is really great, too, because, you know. Uh, play rough is 90%. One mudslide brings it down to like 85. And they were like really excited and being like, oh, like, thank you for like, they were like genuinely happy to be like, we have like, you're telling us strategy that like nowhere in the game would ever <laughs> right. teach us. <laughs> right. Yep. So it was like a really great experience because I, I, I do think that's like, I think of the people who don't watch Twitch, don't watch YouTube, don't like go out and seek this information. And they, they're probably the people that get frustrated that like, mm-hmm. I connect to the internet. I'm bringing, I don't know, my level 100 Samurott because water is super effective against fire, even though it's not fire, obviously. So yeah, uh, it was, it was like a good experience. It was cool to see people get excited and willing to like learn like, oh, like this is awesome. Like, I've never done it with strategy before. We just kind of go in and like brute force it and hope we roll the dice properly. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think that is still one of my bigger complaints about how they set up raids in this. Like, I know a lot of people are like, well, Final Fantasy never tells you anything. I'm like, that is absolutely not true. <laughs> the entire game progression of you playing your character is you're learning the ro- proper way to put your moves in order 
so that you can execute it in tougher content. And every dungeon introduces you to a mechanic that you will learn in that one that you will then have to do in a much harder raid later. Like if you didn't play earlier raids, you wouldn't know to stand still for fire attacks and move during ice attacks. But they teach you that before in a less intensive way so that when it's layered with something else, you have an instinctual way to move. And in, and Pokemon doesn't do that. Pokemon teaches you brute force everything until seven star raids. And it's like, I don't know what you're going to do. Well, even, even with six star <laughs> raids, I feel like a lot of people are just yeah. brute forcing it as well. Yeah, it's, You can still get a good win percentage brute forcing six star raids. Right. Totally. Like, yeah, you can still brute force six star and get more wins than losses. I don't think that's true with seven star rates. And I think it is a, I think it is a slight failing of the game that you have introduced a raid mechanic that you've not taught anybody how to do, and you still don't teach them how to do. You rely on your community, which is good for your community to do it. But we know the majority of people don't, watch the same person they don't watch anything at all they don't necessarily go to these things like you're leaving a lot of people on the floor and frustrated with your product because you don't have a way of teaching them earlier on because people can't do these and then they get frustrated and just stop trying and the more that they come out with it's like well i couldn't do any of the others there's no reason why i think i could be able to do this one yeah, no, I still definitely think I still definitely think that they needed some sort of tutorial once you get to seven star raids, some sort of in-depth tu tutorial as handholdy as when they are teaching you how to first throw a Pokeball. <laughs> they need that when you unlock seven star raids. Experience with Nintendo was like really great. I don't know what they wanted to use that for. I don't know if that was a test where they want to do something bigger or they want to do something more mm. formal or Nintendo announced that there's like something happening for E3. Well, E3 is canceled, but like they're doing some like treehouse thing. So it would be cool for Nintendo or the Pokemon company to showcase that in a better light. I don't think what they yeah. did with the blog post of like, here are five good raiders and here are the moves because that doesn't explain no, I've said I said this in my YouTube video. I'll say it again. Like I made like a Hydreigon build for like Greninja and there were people that were like, your Hydreigon build didn't work. And I was like, I, I died to Ice Beam. And I was like, well, did you like open up with Snarl? And they're like, I never use Snarl. And it was like, but that, that's why the move is there. It's there was, for a reason. Yeah. So like yeah. you can you can. <laughs> that's why, I, again, that article on, on Pokemon.com was like completely useless because it's like it doesn't show you how to pilot these Pokemon properly. I know there's probably somebody in the comments. I, I don't know why Annihilate players or like it, it's always it's always like Annihilate players or Iron Hand players or Azumarill players. They like need to tell you that they were able to do it with like those three Pokemon specifically. I don't know what about those three Pokemon and people's personalities like <laughs> tied together. But like, sh sure, you, you there are there are 400 Pokemon in this game. Uh, like we we beat Hisuian Typhlosion with a Finneon, a level 100 Finneon holding Eviolite. Like I beat Greninja with Trio. Like we we beat. Hisuian Sam uh Hisuian Samurai with a bonsai. Like there are weird things like that's the great thing about Pokemon. EVs, IVs, held items, moves, they let you do really crazy things. The thing I don't like like about the I I understand, but I don't like it and it it pretty much circles back to like the game not teaching you stuff is like annihilate players that are just like, "Well, I just went in and I just hit rage fist and I won." And like that works because Ghost is super effective against Ghost. 
And when your NPCs die, there's no timer penalty. And obviously, Rage Fist in itself is one of the most broken moves I think they've ever introduced in all of Pokemon. If you don't know how Rage Fist works, pretty much every time you get hit, Rage Fist gets stronger and stronger. And I, it caps out at an un- ridiculous like amount of damage. But what's mm-hmm. even crazier about Rage Fist compared to how other moves work in this game when you like switch out a Pokemon in a competitive battle, like if, if your Zacian in Sword and Shield is plus two and you switch it out and then you bring it back in, it's no longer plus two. Like its ability will activate and we'll go to plus one. Rage Fist, for whatever reason, remembers always. So if you die or you switch out, Rage Fist will continue to remember the damage threshold for it. it's like if yeah, there's anything that's going to get nerfed. It's going to be Rage Fist in some yeah. capacity. Like Gale Wings on Talonflame got nerfed because how Gale Wings used to work is as long as it's a flying type move on Talonflame, it's going first no matter no what. No matter what. It was so busted <laughs> in X and Y. And then they changed it to Gale Wings would only go first as or any flying type move would always go first as long as Talonflame had full HP. So there's there's no doubt in my mind Rage Fist gets changed. Yeah. Anyways, going back to Annihilate, like the reason I don't like love that is because it doesn't teach you anything. It's just I'm going to hit this move and if RNG rolls correctly, it might take one, two, one or two tries, but I will I will succeed. And I totally understand brute forcing brute force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally understand why people would do that. Right. Because like online is tough because those mechanics aren't taught. So it's like, yep. well, if I can't, if, if everyone online is unreliable or in the situation where wait, well, like I like to go online because I like to see what people are bringing. And when then somebody's bringing a level like 85, like hypno, you're like, whoa, whoa this is an auto loss. <laughs> <laughs> One, I was I was curious about the hypno, too. It's, it's not even the right level. I mean, I did a lot of random raids with Annihilates and, you know, Dashman, Howell, Annihilate. It, it worked. Right? Like, yeah, I mean, the third person who joined me and my friend was an Annihilate player, and that got us to the win. Yeah. It did work, but it is very different from actually having strategy. Right. It it is a strategy that doesn't carry over, right? Like, you didn't really learn how raids work or how to interpret the signals. And I will say that the signals were often hard to interpret because the game wasn't telling you what those signals were. Um, But I think, like, yeah. You can make a lot of things work, right? Like you as a player can figure out a way to make what you want work. Like you can hand somebody a top winning TCG deck that you win with, but they don't know how that TCG deck works and they don't know how to play it and they don't know what they're doing. So it's a winning strategy, but it doesn't matter if the person doesn't know what to do with it. And I think that is... One of the biggest disconnects people have to understand with seven star raids is if you just give somebody the tool, but never tell them what to do with it, they are going to get frustrated by it. And you saying, well, it worked for me. Great. Tell me how. What did you do? How did it work for you? Well, great. There's I just more to that conversation than... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's more to that conversation than just Rage Fist over and over again. Like, there's more to that conversation than just just use Annihilate. There is more that has to happen there to teach people how to have fun in these raids and what to do. 
I play I've played a, I've been playing MMOs since 2004. Some are really good at teaching you. Some are really bad at teaching you. And I'm going to always argue that seven star raids in Pokemon are very, very bad at teaching you what to do. And it creates a poor experience. They are forgiven on some level because it's the first time they've tried it. <laughs> and yes. I can say you don't, <laughs> despite the fact that this has been around for nearly 20 years now, and you just decided not to look at how other people do it. That's fine. You need to figure it out on your own. I get it. You get a pass a little bit this time, <laughs> but you really do. And I think like when you told me about the Nintendo thing, I'm like, I'm hoping they're trying to put together some sort of official video to explain what to do that will reach more people than random streamers and YouTubers on the internet. I, I think the the common thread between uh annihilate players and iron hand players and azumarill players is they are the the they are the bare bones simplest strategies in the world for annihilate and iron hands it is it is belly drum attack with annihilate it's even simpler it's it's just it's just, just attack, attack. <laughs> and just attack the common thing between those players is they don't ever heal they don't ever defense cheer they don't ever hit any other moves they just do that and if they fail it is everyone's fault but their own fault. And it like sucks because like raids could go much smoother. And like Hannah said that they they did it with a an ally player or or Greg did it with an ally player. Like I made Dashbun because I expected Annihilate players. And like Howl on Dashbun really helps out Annihilate really well. Like and it's a good pairing. And it again, but like I guess the start of this was like those those strats they they work because you can brute force but they don't like teach teamwork like if there's a dark type terra seven star raid I, rage fist isn't going to do the job because dark resists ghost right like rage fist did really well here because ghost is super effective against ghost so it's almost like my my brute force strategy didn't work what is the next brute force strategy I can do? <laughs> and it, mm -hmm. it's like, you're not really learning, but at the same time, it's the game's fault because if you have a strategy and then you go in and then you're with three people who are, have no clue what they're doing, then you also have a miserable experience. So I, again, mm -hmm. I understand why people are like, I just want to brute force it because I just want to do it. But, but then what happens is these people who like brute force it, they see success and they think that it's working, so then they go online, and then they get frustrated because all of a sudden there's no teamwork, and then they go back to being like, well, I just, I'm just going to solo, and then they get confident, and then they go back online, and they're like, ah, oh, it's not working. Everyone must be bad but me because it works offline, and I was like, this never-ending cycle of <laughs> why seven-star raids will never get better. I, I, too, I, think, I do think they're, they have gotten better. In a, in a small, weird way of, I think, because the people playing this game still are more hardcore than the people who just got credits and moved back to Fortnite. I think in that sense, the online experience has gotten slightly better. But for every time you have a great raid, you have like, well, we have a level 32 Raichu here against yeah. this. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the sad thing is, is that as more people who don't know what they're doing get frustrated and drop out, the people who are left will have better experiences because the people who don't know what they're doing stop playing and you're left with people who do know what they're doing. 
And so sort of a natural weird attrition of game life is, you know, once people hit credits and they don't, they try a couple of raids and they don't like it anymore, they go away. The people who are left, people are like, oh, they're brilliant. I always have a great time. It, without sort of thinking about, there's a huge swath of the audience that got turned off and left. And you are reaping the benefit of that action, but that isn't great for the game's lifespan or word of mouth for the game. You are having better raids, true, but that doesn't necessarily equate a positive for the game itself. This is this is the Destiny slash Final Fantasy thing of if you play on Tuesday nights, you will have a better yep, experience. You will have a wonderful time versus if you play on friday saturday nights where all the good people have already done it for the week <laughs> and all the like well maybe not there there are there would be good people it's just maybe some people some people prioritize tuesday nights yes. because mm -hmm. that is the night and then those people are out for the week so you get kind of the the workforce people who didn't have time but then also the people who like don't prioritize it's just a video game thing. That's not necessarily a, a, a Pokemon specific issue. That's just like a video game timing yeah, issue. Yeah, this is a video game like, issue. Like Thursday raid nights for these seven star raids are so much more popular than the Friday night or than the, the next week because people want to do it when it drops. It's new. They want to. Yep. They want to experience it right away. Speaking of experiencing things, uh, the Global Challenge 2 is. Announced and very quickly, uh, they are doing okay. So, for we said this last week, uh, that these <laughs> events are coming way too quick, and not only are they mm -hmm. coming way too quick, they are on top of each other. Um, yeah, we had three events we had a ditto event, a global challenge event, and a seven star raid event all in the same weekend, and that is only for one Pokemon game. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. A lot of people pick and choose, right? Like for people who are super fans, this is a thing because we want to do them all. Like this is kind of a Superman super fan complaint because it's like I have three things to do and it's way on top of each other where a lot of people are like, <laughs> I only care about one of these. Right, and so yeah. it's fun and I don't want to wait yeah. months between things like this is a fan complaint. So like. We get it, but for super fans. This is exhausting, right? Like, like, this is like, come on. I, I wanted to help more people with Samurott because I like I like I don't need Samurott. I like helping people get Samurott. There was plenty of people who struggle with Samurott. I want I wanted to help people get Samurott. I spent seven hours in the global challenge, 30 matches. My brain was melted on the sidewalk and fried like battling is so mentally exhausting uh, that. And of course, you know, some of your matches go long, right? You you might play against mm -hmm. Dondoza. You might play against a stall. It's like 30 matches in seven hours. And that's like trying to like take breaks in between because I don't want to brute force matches and be like, oh, I lost next match, lost next match, lost. Like if I'm just doing that, I'm not getting any better because I'm not reflecting on what I could have done better. So I like to take like five minutes after every match. But if you don't care about the global challenge, you were like, I don't know. The weekend seemed fine. I did some dittos. And yeah. the, but like, yeah. <laughs> There was there was plenty to do if you only cared about one of the things. There was too much to do if you cared about all of the things. Yes. Um, but the Global Challenge 2 is this upcoming week. Uh, if you would like a exclusive item, you can get the Great Ball Backpack. 
by doing three yep. matches, uh, <laughs> win or lose. So if you're not a battler, you can bring in a, a Voltorb, an Electrode, a Garganacle. Um, I'm listing things that all explode. <laughs> You can just go in and hit explosion and then be done with it. That will be a very quick match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that will be as quick as, quick as it goes. Um, you have to sign up before the tournament. Once the tournament starts, you can no longer sign up. Uh, when you do sign up, it does lock your team. So pick your exploders beforehand. It will lock them. This is the Great Ball Backpack. Um, they did six global challenges from what I remembered in Sword and Shield. They or maybe not necessarily global challenges, but like big, bigger tournaments that counted somewhere, not for Americans. It usually counted for Japanese players or Korean players. But the first three were the ball guy shirts. So yep. Pokeball, Great Ball, Ultra Ball. And then the next three were the shiny legendary Galarian Pokemon. Zapdos, mm-hmm. Articuno, Moltres. Um, so safe to say we'll probably get an Ultra Ball backpack after this. And then safe to say there will probably be some in the future something for some sort of shiny. I don't know what shiny legend they would do. I guess they could do like a four pack and then do like the runes. That would probably be that would make sense because the runes are so competitive. Oh, yeah. Um it doesn't have to necessarily be like stop at three. They could go to four or five. There was... <laughs> There was a gap between the packs and the shinies, wasn't there? In between, I believe they were doing the um the oh, what is it called? The players cup stuff. Cuz I have a feeling because the Galarian birds weren't introduced till the DLC. So if they're going to follow a similar pattern, it may be the three the monkey, the bird, and the dog that were in- introduced oh, in the DLC yeah, 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 yeah. might get shiny versions of those. That's the only, like, I was trying to go through, like, matching up, and that's the only thing that I think, well, we're getting a set of three, and that matches. Well, it's so hard maybe to follow, they would do that. It's hard to follow Sword and Shield VGC because there was a pandemic the entire time. So yeah. we didn't have, yeah. like, this world tournament to, like, solidify that, like, we're moving to the next format, right? Like, so if you look at, like, past things, it was, like, X and Y format, and then the next year, Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. So it was, like, that format, and then the next year, it was Sun and Moon, and then Ultra Sun and Moon. And then we had another year of Ultra Sun and Moon, only because Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee <laughs> didn't have competitive. But we had three years of competitive in Sword and Shield, but we only had one world championship. Right. Mm-hmm. So I I would assume that the like we're in regulation C right now, which is um, all Pokemon can be used except for Miraidon and Koridon. And then I would assume that a future regulation would be everything we have currently plus Hisuian Pokemon, which Mm. I think the one that stands out is probably Ursaluna as being a competitive threat. And then I don't know if that brings us to dlc but then that would be like all the pokemon plus dlc pokemon and then that would bring us to the next dlc which would be all those pokemon plus those dlc pokemon and then that should bring us to legendaries added but not box legendaries that would be a future format after that and then when the box legendaries would be allowed that's when koridon and miraidon would be allowed which both seem very good in their own ways. 
Um, yeah. I don't know if Coridon really replaces Groudon as a better Pokemon. I think mm-hmm. Groudon and Kyogre are still very dominant because of what they do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Maridon seems very, very good, though. Uh, so I think Maridon, maybe. Uh, who knows? I mean, poor Zamazenta. <laughs> One of the worst <laughs> box legendaries ever made. Uh, and, you know, good for everyone who bought Pokemon Sword, which had literally the best <laughs> box legendary <laughs> ever made. Yeah, so the, the global challenge is this weekend if you want a backpack. Uh, they also, there was the EUIC this past weekend. Uh, and they gave away Gavin Michaels, I think his name was. They gave away his Palafin, uh, which they won the Oceanic Championship. So I'm not, as of this recording, I actually don't know who won. But ideally, who won minus Rune Pokemon and minus usually starter Pokemon. They'll take whatever that is, and that winner will be for NAIC, the North American, for that distribution. So the, f- the first winner was a, gar- a Garganackle. So we got a Garganackle, and then we got a Palafin, and then who knows what we'll get. Fortunately al- enough, Gastrodon is not good in this format um, because they removed Scald <laughs> from it. So I think we've gotten like four or five champion Gastrodons at some point <laughs> over the years. And I think we've gotten about, that sounds about right. two or three Amoonguses. <laughs> As it turns out, Amoongus is still very good, and I yep. think Gavin had an Amoongus on his team, so it was either Amoongus or Palafin, and thank goodness we got the Palafin. <laughs> I, I, don't know, uh, I don't know what's looking good. I don't, I don't think they would do Paradox either, because I don't think they've ever done, like... That, Paradox are similar to Ultra Beast, whereas, like, if an Ultra Beast on the te- was on the team, it, like, kind of, like, disqualified itself from being a distribution or whatever. I don't know what weird rules they do, but... I guess we'll have to see who the winner is. Um, finally, last bit of news. They showed a new Pokemon off. They did. Yep. They- well, <laughs> we don't know 100% for sure that it was a new Pokemon. We know that it's not a Pokemon form, at least, that we have seen before. Yeah. Do you want to talk about what it looks like, Hannah? <laughs> It looks like a little tiny baby Tarapagos. It's adorable. It's a little tiny turtle. Um, <laughs> it's And there's speculation about whether it's a Cosmog situation or about whether this is just a whole different form of Tarapagos before it... There's some speculation that in the DLC there will be terastalized uh, forms, so actually visibly different Pokemon when they're terastalized. And so there is some speculation yes. that yeah. Terrapagos is that form of this Pokemon that we have just seen in the anime. Oh, Only so like, uh, yeah, like Gigantamax versus Dynamax. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. I mean, the speculation. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I will, I'm gonna say yeah, this. No, none of this is confirmed. It's fun to speculate yes. as long as you set your expectations properly. The amount of people who sit there and speculate about things and then get mad at a company because what they dreamed up didn't come true, that's on you. You made a thing up and got excited for a thing that wasn't real. 
But the but but the YouTubers told me that yeah, uh, Ruby and Sapphire was going to come out on Virtual Console on Pokemon Day. All they, the YouTubers told me that, Greg. <laughs> they are setting you up. They they like, they it, said they had sources with no I, proof of those I, sources. <laughs> yeah. I I love speculating. Like it's fun. It's fun to think what if, but I know not to buy into my own imagination. Yes. And make it be upset at a product that doesn't meet what my imagination wanted it to be. And this is not a Pokemon problem. This is an everything problem. <laughs> Greg pointed to a, a Star Wars object for our audio listeners. But just have fun speculating, but do the world a favor and keep your expectations and hype at a manageable level. It's a cute Pokemon. We don't know how they're related. This is the Amolamola love disc thing. <laughs> this is the yeah. Tauros Buffalette thing. <laughs> Turns out they were never connected. Um, we, uh, you, Cycles are many... Coridon, Maridon. Well, they're <laughs> technically connected, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But like, this is a thing that we will find out. And mm -hmm. have fun speculating, but don't don't be the person that gets mad and will go online to screech about they were promised X, Y, Z. You weren't. You saw one thing. No, we only got X and, and Y. You, yeah. We never got Z. And, but it's uh, so much fun to speculate about right now because <laughs> yeah. the, the, the anime is showing us things about this story that we haven't seen yet. Correct. Hannah, is this, and the, we know that, is this the second episode of the anime or the first? I, thought, I don't know. I haven't been watching them because I only watch them when they're out in English. Yeah, and they're not. I think, yet. Well, yeah, that's part of the problem the, on top. I think of this. this is the second. I think it's the second episode. I think so. Uh, but IGN is saying it was the first episode, and they compared it oh, to that, Ho Oh. Yeah, there were some people oh. saying that that it's really exciting because the anime is showing us a Pokemon or a Pokemon form or a Pokemon paradox that we haven't seen yet. We don't know. We don't know what this is. And it's really cool. But also, it's only been aired in Japan so far. <laughs> and we won't get it till 2024. Gosh, I hate this. If we're lucky. I, I, I hate <laughs> I hate that like games are now worldwide. We get this really we get this release schedule. And that's really great because actually uh, we talked about how black and white was like eight months early in Japan. And so it was like weird as an American looking at all these black and white Pokemon and not really knowing what they did and yeah, and like waiting for it. And then get everyone getting all the Pokemon at once in X and Y was like such a blessing minus the people who leaked it early. And now we, it's like we got a new Pokemon in an anime that has started in Japan when we in America haven't even seen Ashwin yet. <laughs> right. Yep. It's, again... It's frustrating. It's, it's frustrating that they don't do simulcast. Somebody made a good point that uh, in our YouTube uh, that it was probably TV Tokyo is the reason why, and they have an exclusive contract where they get first rights to airing for X amount of days. I think it's TV Tokyo. Correct. Yeah, but also contracts can be renegotiated and are... <laughs> Renegotiated <laughs> on a fairly regular basis. We are just saying the contract that you are currently in is hurting your audience and you need yeah. to renegotiate your contract. And if they're going to keep doing things with the anime that are big news, if Ash is going to win or if Ash is going to leave or if they're going to introduce a new Pokemon, 
it's so it's, much better. It's so hard for to, everybody to be able to see it. Yeah. It's like people will come in and be like, did you see this on the anime? And I was like, oh, we just drop in anime spoilers. But at the same time, it's like, <laughs> right? how do you avoid a brand <laughs> yeah. new Pokemon? Like, you can't. And like, yeah. I want to experience this anime fresh. And it is very exciting. There is a new turtle here I'm looking at. I don't know what happens in the episode. Uh, I, But like. I'm excited that the anime is going to go into this whole storyline that I have been very invested in for Paldea. Because the games that probably are. really cool. No, I think they will. I think they will in the second <laughs> DLC. <laughs> well, of they, the games went into a fair amount of it. There's just much yet to be uncovered. And if the DLC and the anime both go into it, I am happy. But uh, Turtle looks cool. It's very cute. Cute. Uh, I we like... still have no idea how big Terrapagos itself is going to nope. be, but this thing is like Pikachu sized. Yeah, I I liked. I think I like how Terrapagos looks more than I like how this looks. That's fair. I think it it's like, looks like he Amara. Looks, he looks naked because he has like these weird long turtle. Le- Turtles don't have that long of legs. <laughs> Some do. Some do. What are you talking about? He just like looks like he, there's more skin than shell. It's really throwing me off in the turtle. In the turtle world, <laughs> bad, not every bad, turtle is squirrel. Skin to shell proportions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we still don't know if Lico's is Ash's daughter. So that's true, or or mother, or girlfriend, <laughs> or sister. I mean, there's a lot of questions we don't have. Greg, stop speculating. Keep that in check, please. Jeez. All right, <laughs> come on. I mean, I'm going to riot if if Ash isn't somebody's parent in this. The whole thing is coming crashing down. Well, that's our episode for you guys. We made it 90 minutes. That's our threshold. I'm, I could keep going on about seven star raids. For the record, I do really like seven star raids. I think they're absolutely fantastic. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we will be back next week. Um, I did officially book my flight for NAIC, which is... The end of June, early July. I double-checked the calendar multiple times before I booked Greg. <laughs> Good. Gonna uh, get it right this time. I got it right. I should be there. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> it's in Ohio, so I heard Ohio's for I mean, for where lovers, did you though. expect the National Association of Insurance Commissioners to have their convention? <laughs> <laughs> in a better state? <laughs> I, mean, that's, I mean, that's what you're gonna get. I can't I can't tell what's worse at this point. Ohio or Indiana. They're both pretty bad. <laughs> Indiana. They're both they're both not great. Anyways, I'll be at NIC. That's exciting. Um I I don't think I'm gonna compete though. But between watching the Oceanic tournament and the EUIC in London, it looks like they have put a lot more effort and spectacle in their uh i I don't know what national national tournaments i guess they're they're technically yeah yeah. they're big events they're big events the european international seemed on par with worlds um which worlds was fantastic in london i mean it was in the same convention center too so That helps. Yeah, that helps. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how fancy Ohio is. Maybe Pokemon can save Ohio for a weekend. <laughs> I mean, I've heard. Is it in Columbus? I've heard Columbus isn't. Yeah, it's terrible. in Columbus. Yeah. 
Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Greg. This has been another episode of uh, the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super effective. Hopping back into Unite on a Lapras's back, I guess. Heck yeah! Super effective. Boop, boop, here comes the train! This podcast is brought to you by Patreon. A huge shout out to our producers of the episode, starting with Stephen, Kay, William, Tony, Stuart, Ryan, Nate, Matthew, Bovine, Catherine, Casey, Josh, Jessica, Greg, Courtney, Chris, Brian, Anthony, and our executive producers of Spencer and Brady. Thank you so much for the continued support. If you too would like to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. That is patreon.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. And you can sign up to get a bunch of rewards, including having your name read at the end of the episode. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.